Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, we're going to be exploring aggression in kids. Without a doubt, one of the most common topics that parents want to work on with me in my parent coach practice. It is so challenging when children become aggressive in their frustration and act out with this attacking energy towards us, towards others, towards themselves when they are full of frustration. So I want to kind of dig into this topic of aggression so that we can kind of identify what it is, where it comes from, what to do in the moment when your child is acting out aggressively and with this attacking energy, and then also ideas to help proactively avoid aggression in the future. So that's what we're going to be exploring today. There's so much to digest. So this is going to be more of a general overview of aggression. I will likely be uh, approaching different aspects of aggression in future episodes, but today kind of more the general take on aggression. So what we're talking about here is this attacking energy, this drive to attack um, that happens in kids, particularly the very young or emotionally immature. And I'm talking about all forms of aggression. So this might be the real obvious physical forms of aggression, like the biting, hitting, kicking. It could be verbal aggression. So name calling, swearing, saying things like, I want you to die, mommy, things of that nature. But I'm also talking about self-attack. So either physically or verbally attacking oneself, which you can also sometimes see in kids that also fits under this umbrella category of aggression. This is so overwhelming for parents, and that's why oftentimes when parents are experiencing aggression with their kids, they kind of tap out of understanding what their child needs, how to kind of reach them, how to um, get out of this cycle of aggression that a child may be stuck in. And so we kind of make sense of it, like I'm going to do with you today, and identify where it's coming from, and then also what you can do to help your child when they're in this mode of aggression. Sometimes it can just come out sporadically. A child is so has so much built up of frustration that it kind of tips them over the edge, and they end up... Um, hitting or kicking or having some type of aggression uh, or attack. Other times it can be really common and you see it again and again when every child is frustrated, they'll go right to aggression. It's very common, like I said, in the young and the immature. They're the most prone to aggression. And the reason is because young children and immature children only have the ability and the capacity to experience and feel one emotion at a time. Sometimes people refer this to flipping their lid. When a child kind of gets frustrated and they just kind of, they just explode with this attacking energy. Because they can only feel one emotion of at a time, they cannot do this more mature thing that happens between ages five to seven, typically, 
or closer to age seven to nine in the more sensitive kids. And it's the ability to mix emotions, to have more than one emotion at the same time. This is the key to a child being able to have control over their impulse to attack. When they can mix emotions, when they can mix a feeling of anger and frustration with a feeling of caring. So for example, they're really angry and frustrated about some limit that you have set as their parent and they're really mad about it and they want to attack, but they can also at the same time hold on this other emotion, this other feeling of caring about their parent, their caregiver, this love that they have for them. So they resist the urge to physically attack or verbally attack. And instead you just get kind of a, uh, that makes me mad. And they'll kind of stomp off into their room. That happens for a more mature child, for a child who's better able to mix their emotions and consider other feelings. So we would not expect that to happen really regularly for a child younger than age five, or if your child is really intense on the more sensitive side, this takes even a longer for them to develop this capacity to mix their emotions and resist that impulse to attack. So where does this aggression come from in kids? It's really about a kid not being willing to face a very vulnerable feeling. I talked about in my fourth episode about discipline with dignity, I talked about what Dr. Gordon Newfield refers to as being the agent of futility and the angel of comfort for our kids. Being the, the agent of futility, the person that's setting the limit, giving the no, and kind of drawing the line in the sand. That we're not going to be doing this. We can't do this. We're going to stop doing this. That person, the agent of futility. Well, what we want kids to do after we've done that is work through an adaptive process where commonly a kid will initially want you to change your mind. They'll be, oh, please, can I? Can I do this one more time? Can't I? Let's say you've said, okay, we're going to turn off um, the TV. We're not going to have any more screen time today. Oh, please, just one more, just, just 30 minutes, just 30 more minutes. Okay, maybe just 10 more minutes. Or can I just finish this one show? Kids can be kind of really relentless sometimes trying to get you to change your mind. Now, if you're in the habit of, okay, fine, sure, kind of always giving into your child's negotiations and letting them kind of change your mind on a frequent basis, then they're going to be really skilled at this. And if you try and hold your no or hold this futility for them, they're going to be pretty relentless in their desire to get you to change your mind. And so you're going to get all the pleas, negotiations, and kids can be ridiculous. I mean, if they're trying to get that extra screen time out of you and just 10 more minutes, nope. All right. How about five more minutes? Nope. How about one more minute? Nope. 30 seconds. Nope. One more second. It's not about the screen time anymore, is it? It's about the fact that they cannot, they do not want to, they're unwilling to accept this limit that you've set, this futility you've set for them in that moment. So they're going to try and whittle you down and get you to change your mind. Well, sometimes as parents, we do change our mind. Sometimes, can I have a cookie? No, you can't. Uh, it's too close to dinner time. Please, please, please. All right, fine. Go ahead and have a can. So sometimes we do change our mind. And that's our right as parents to change our minds once in a while. However, if you're doing that a lot, you're basically training your child to just be really relentless in their pursuit of you to change your mind. And this gets really highly annoying for parents and usually can be at the cause of parents blowing their own, you know, letting go of their own emotions, of them not having mixed emotions, of them kind of losing it and getting frustrated and lashing out their kids because they wear us down. So I encourage you more often than not to hold your nose. 
kids need to learn to face those futilities in life. These are low stakes futilities, folks. No, you can't have any more screen time. Nope, you can't have a cookie so close to dinner. These things that are, you know, nope, we're not going to go um, have a play date right now because we're going to go home instead. Whatever the, the limit is that you set, hold those no's more often than not. So your kid gets used to experiencing not getting their way, not getting what they want. Stop negotiating. Just hold that no. Because what you want, again, we're talking about this adaptive process. What we want is for kids to kind of move from this quest to get you to change your mind to accepting the limit. That's the goal here. So we want them to go from please change your mind to, okay, fine, and accepting it. Now, sometimes in between knowing that you're not going to change your mind and you getting your child to basically say, okay, fine, and, and accept and adapt to this limit. Sometimes in the middle there, there's a meltdown. There's a tantrum. There's an expression of frustration or emotion that can accompany that. And that's really them just kind of letting out the feelings of frustration. And then the goal there is for them to move from these angry, mad, ragey, frustration emotions towards sadness and acceptance of not getting your way. And that's when you come in there. And again, as we talked about in episode four, that's when you come in to be that angel of comfort. That's when you come in to give your kid the love, the hugs, that that was really hard to face that. Um, no, I understand that's really hard to not get your way. And you comfort them and you say, I know that was hard for you, but I'm here to comfort you. That is what we want to see from kids. That's the adaptive process. And the more practice kids get at that, the better they get at it. You don't have to go through this huge, long rigmarole every time. They kind of, oh, can I please have this? Can I, will you change your mind? Okay, fine. And you know you've done that because you don't have to go through that whole in-between step of the tantrums and the meltdowns. Instead, you get kind of this, mm, fine. And that's an adaptive kid who's able to face frustration and kind of make peace with it. Aggression. Where does that come into play here? That is when you have a child who is not willing to face this futility, is not willing to move from angry, mad feelings to the sadness and acceptance. They want to bypass that. That is too vulnerable for them. They want to kind of say, yep, I'm not going to feel that sadness, that real vulnerable feeling associated with not getting what I want. And they go the other direction and they go out to aggression. They act out and aggression in kids is really a distraction from them facing and accepting this frustration, this sadness that they don't want to face. So when kids act out aggressively, when they start hitting or kicking or yelling and screaming insults, for us as parents, we get really triggered. We get really alarmed and we try to now start controlling that behavior or very commonly we start sometimes now issuing punishments and consequences for the aggressive act. And we don't want to do that. And here's why. When we start really focusing on the aggression, we've completely forgotten about whatever the futility was that you presented in the first place. Your child is like, thanks for bailing me out so I don't actually have to adapt and face those vulnerable feelings. I'm going to stay over here in aggression and I'm going to act out aggressively. I'm going to hit and kick. And now you're going to get all involved over there with me and either get really triggered and angry and lash back, or you're going to start um, issuing punishments and consequences for this aggressive behavior. And then I can just focus on that. 
I can just focus on being mad at you for giving me a punishment. I could be focusing on being angry that now you've, you've given me something else uh, on, on top of my frustration. Now you give me some more frustration. That doesn't work for kids and it actually keeps them from being able to become adaptive and it keeps them stuck in aggression. It almost kind of rewards this pattern of behavior by really shining a spotlight on the aggression. So what do we do? How do we reverse the cycle of aggression that some kids fall into? How do we get them to get out of the cycle? Well, let me start off by talking to you about a few things that you don't want to do. Sometimes parents think, well, my kid just needs to learn that it's not okay to hit or kick or bite. It's just, a, it's a matter of me teaching them. I just have to explain it to them one more time. I need to go out and buy a couple more children's books, Hands Are Not For Hitting, or other books that teach about um, how it's wrong to hit or kick or bite. That's not the answer, folks. The reality is your child already knows that. And you know that too, really deep down. If you're not convinced, I encourage you in a moment when your child is not triggered, when they're not frustrated, when they're just happily playing, or you're kind of interacting with your child and you know that you're connected in this moment, just to out of the blue, ask your child, hey, is it okay to hit me when you get mad? Is it okay to kick when you get angry? They're going to say, no, of course not. Almost like that was the most ridiculous thing you could ever ask me even though this is a child who acts out aggressively when they're frustrated, they know better. It's not a matter of just teaching them or explaining it to them just one more time. It's not about that. Do you know what it's else? What else it's not about? It's not about teaching a child to calm themselves down. Unfortunately, it's become really common um, to think that you can teach self regulation to children at very young ages. This is something that can be taught that when your child is spinning out of control and frustration, that they can access their thinking brain to think through, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be counting to 10 and I'm supposed to be breathing this way. Oh, and that's right. I'm supposed to walk over here to the calm down corner and sit down and do these mindfulness practices. You know, all those techniques are wonderful to expose kids to the language around that. But you know who it works for? The kids who don't need it. A child who does not uh, spin out of control when frustrated, a child who's not prone to aggression, a child who might get a little annoyed and be like, mm, I'm feeling a little annoyed right now. Oh, that's right. I always feel better when I go and I sit in that calm down corner. I always feel a little bit better if I take some deep breaths. That's not a child that really needs this kind of help and support. That's a child who already has a pretty good grasp of being able to regulate their emotions because they've reached this point of emotional maturity where they're able to do what we talked about earlier, mix their emotions. They're able to kind of access, okay, I'm really frustrated now, but at the same time, I don't want to have this huge explosion in the middle of the classroom. That'd be kind of embarrassing. And I don't want to be an inconvenience to my classmates and my teacher. So instead of kind of having a huge explosion, I'll go walk over. This is a child who, again, does not even necessarily need these coping strategies. So teaching them calm down techniques is as effective as it is when you get super angry and frustrated and someone says to you, calm down. Why don't you just calm down right now? How does that make you feel? I know for me, that makes me so much more frustrated, so much more triggered, so much more angry, and so much more prone to lash out. So again, we can't expect that to be helpful for our children either. And a lot of us, we just immediately want our children to calm down. But if they're acting out aggressively and they're hitting and kicking, we have to do something. So now I've given you the don't try and teach it to your child. Don't expect for them to be able to remember these calm down techniques or strategies or calm down um, corners that you might have put into place. So what do you do? Well, like I said, you don't want to get stuck 
in aggression with your child. You don't want to call attention to it and create more frustration by issuing punishments and issuing consequences. You do need to stay with your child. So you don't want to leave them alone with this huge explosion of attacking energy. But at the same time, you're not to be a punching bag for your child. So it is very common that when a child is hitting or kicking, that you do need to restrain them. And you need to do it in a way that communicates that this is something you're doing to help your child. You're not being aggressive back towards your child. You're helping them. So you don't want your child to feel like you're being aggressive back and that increases the frustration. So while you're restraining your child, while you're holding their arms or their legs or finding kind of a, a way to kind of keep them from continuing to attack physically, you want to go ahead and say to them something that I learned from um, a, a psychologist by the name of Dr. Deborah McNamara. She actually works with uh, Dr. Neufeld, who I refer to frequently on my podcast, she wrote a wonderful book called Rest, Play, Grow, and also has a website full of incredible articles that I frequently, frequently send on to the clients I work with because they just hit exactly what parents need to be able to understand what's going on for their kids to make sense, to understand and decode those behaviors. She uses this language, and this is what she encourages um, you to do with your child, to use a language that depersonalizes the attack. So instead of shaming your child and saying something like, good girls don't hit, or some message that kind of indicates that there's something wrong with your child, instead you depersonalize the attack. She says to use language like, your hits and kicks are getting away from you. Oh, you need to scream right now because you're so mad. Where you're basically depersonalizing it and it doesn't become about stop screaming, stop hitting, that's bad, that's wrong, but more like, oh, your hits are getting away from you. I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to hold your hands right now because you are hitting and I'm going to help you stop hitting. You're basically communicating that the behavior might may not be okay, but you're here to help. So you're reinforcing that the attachment is not in risk right here, that you're here to help your child. You're here to hold their legs so that they're not going to hit or kick. And you're going to do that to help them and support them while they are full of so much of attacking energy. While you're doing that, the most important thing that you're going to follow up with while you're holding the hands, holding the legs, or explaining that I know that you're yelling and screaming these things because you're so frustrated. The next thing, and this is the most important way, the most important tool in terms of getting your children unstuck from aggression is to remind them of the thing that set them off in the first place. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. So let's give the example again of no more TV, no more screens, we're turning it off. Your child tries to get you to change your mind. Please, just 10 more minutes. Please, just one more minute, one more second. Nope. We're done with TV. Nope, we're turning it off. Nope, we're not having any more TV today. They recognize that you are not going to change your mind. Your child is a child who's prone to aggression. They do not want to accept this. They do not want to feel those feelings associated with it. So they go to attack mode and they come running at you and they try to hit you. You're going to restrain them, like I said, and hold a hand and say, I'm not going to let you hit. Your hits are getting away from you. I know it's really hard to hear no more screens. It's really hard. You want me to say yes, and I'm saying no more TV tonight. And you don't want to hear that. What you're doing is you're basically not allowing them to distract themselves in this mode of aggression. You're getting your child to basically face the thing they don't want to face. Remember that aggression is a cover 
for not wanting to face a vulnerable feeling. Your child does not want to feel sad about not getting their way, not getting the thing that they want. And they want you to get stuck in that distraction with them. So you don't go there. You say, I'm not going to let kick. I know it's really hard to not have that screen time right now. You wanted me to say, yes, we're not doing screen time anymore. It's done for tonight. I know it's really hard. I'm not going to let you hit or kick me, but it's really hard not to get that screen time. What you're trying to do is basically reroute your child into facing that futility, into feeling those really, really hard feelings with not getting their way, with getting that no. And you want them to basically move through that adaptive process that we talked about, where they're going from trying to get you to change your mind to accepting it's not going to change and then feeling the vulnerable feelings associated with that. So you're trying to get your child back there. Now, they may continue to tantrum. They may continue to express emotion and frustration, but that's okay because that's just expressing and venting that frustration. If they're stopping the physical or verbal attack and they're now kind of in this like expression of emotion, they're going in the right direction again, that's going to move them towards being able to accept that you sometimes don't get what you want, which will lead them to feeling those vulnerable feelings underlying. They're trying to escape from that sadness. Ideally, that will come out in the way of tears or expressions of sadness. And you'll know that they've moved there when they're willing to accept our comforting. If they're still stuck in angry frustration mode, you can't come in then at that point and comfort your child or give them a hug and say, I know that was really hard. If they're stuck in anger and frustration, they need to let that, that energy needs to move. So you have to allow it to move. If your child is acting out aggressively and you've kind of restrained them and you've trying to point them back towards whatever it was that they were trying to avoid, that, um, that frustration that, that you presented them with, if they're stuck, they're just not going to go there. You just know this energy of attack, this aggressive energy just needs to come out somehow. It's also okay to provide your child with some type of an outlet for that aggression that is not you that is not a living being, that is not going to be destructive or harmful to themselves or property. So it is not a bad idea if your child has a lot of built-up aggression to provide them with things that they can hit. For example, a pillow, their bed, or things like um, handing a stack of paper of magazines of recyclables and have them shred them into a million pieces. That feels very aggressive and can release some of this energy. You're basically trying to direct them towards an okay outlet for their aggression that is not harmful to themselves or another living being. So providing them with paper to shred, pillows to punch or cushions or a bed to punch, giving them like pillows, throwing pillows on the ground off of the couch, just throwing something that feels very aggressive and is, you know, not going to cause any damage. Stuffed animals, throwing stuffed animals all over the room. Clothes. I know this might really kind of be tough for parents who really, really have very neat, tidy homes to let their child kind of like unload all the clothes out of the dresser um, or dirty hamper and throw them all over the room. But again, that is a better outlet for aggression than punching or hitting or kicking or biting. So throwing clothes out of the hamper or drawer, or if you have exercise, you know, equipment like a punching bag, having them punch and and throw punches at a punching bag, that can really help too. So providing those other outlets, that's a way to kind of move that aggressive energy that is really stuck for your child and, and point it in a direction where they can unleash it. Then once they get out that aggression, they may be willing to go back and face that, that initial futility that was presented, the no more screen time tonight. And again, the goal then is to move that emotion so that they can face it, accept it, and feel sad about it and 
move towards tears of sadness, ideally, or feelings of sadness. So that's basically kind of like the roadmap that you're trying to follow when it comes to directing a child who is full of aggression. After something like this has happened, the aftermath of aggression, what do you do after it? Well, in the moment, you're basically just trying to come alongside your child and direct this emotion, trying to get them to face the futility they don't want to face. Later, later on that day, maybe even the next day, you can go back and revisit. And it's not ever a bad idea to revisit a hard time, but the goal is not, again, to teach a lesson. Oh, I'm here to tell you one more time, it's not okay to hit a kick. And your child knows that. So when you're going back to revisit a hard time, particularly in a time when your child is acting out aggressively, the goal here is to repair anything that you need to repair. So maybe you lost your cool a little bit. Maybe you yelled, maybe you screamed, maybe you grabbed a little too hard. So there's anything that you need to do to kind of repair what might've happened in that moment. You lead with that. No, I'm really sorry. I should not have yelled at you, period. Notice I didn't say, but you were really being a brat. Notice I didn't say, but you were really being unreasonable, but I was having a really hard day, but I was really stressed out, but I was trying to make dinner and you were yelling at me and you want to hear it. There's no buts. It's just a straight up apology without justifying your actions, taking responsibility for anything you might've done. Now it's very possible that you don't have anything that you need to take responsibility for. And that's great if that's the case. So when you're revisiting a hard time, you're basically saying like, you know what, let's go back and revisit that. The main thing you want to reiterate for your child is that you had a really hard time. You want to basically let them know that your relationship is okay. Even when you have a hard time, you know, it does not change the way I feel about you. And then you also want to, what uh, Dr. Neufeld calls draw good intentions. You want to tell your child, you know what? I know you didn't mean to hit and kick and get aggressive. You lost control because you were really frustrated. I know you did not want to hit or kick. I know that that was really hard for you and you had a hard time and that's why I'm here to help you. So you basically reiterate for them that you know that was not in their intention. You understand they lost control and that will kind of create a different narrative for them. Not one that feels like I'm shameful. I'm bad. I'm a bad kid. More like you're a good kid. You had a really hard time and I'm here to help you because I know you do not have it in your heart. You do not intend to hit or kick when you get frustrated. That's just a really hard thing for you to do. And that's why we're going to work through this together. I'm here to help you. That's why I had to hold your hands because I know that you do not want to hit or kick me, that you lose control sometimes and you forget and you forget because your brain is not working that way in that moment. You're so frustrated. The other thing you want to do is let's say a huge mess was made when your child was expressing their frustration, when the aggressive energy turned towards shredding paper to throwing clothes or stuffies all over the room. You don't now want to immediately go, well, you made a mess. Now you're going to clean it up in the middle of your child's frustration. Leave that alone for right then and there. That is not the most important thing. The most important thing is to help your child get out of a cycle of aggression. So forget about the mess for right now. When your child kind of comes down from that mode of aggression and they're willing to accept the hug and the loves, don't immediately turn around and make it be about clean up your mess that you just made. Give that some time. Give that some rest. When you're reconnecting with your child and you've given a little bit of space, come together with them and say, yeah, you got really angry and frustrated and boy, you, you threw things all over the room. And then very generously say, I'm going to help you with that. And then make it the area where you can be reconnecting with your child, where you could be talking about something else, where you could kind of go, gosh, we get really angry sometimes. And sometimes we do crazy things when we're angry and you can kind of talk through those feelings a little bit Why you're helping your child kind of clean up from this mess. Um, they're still participating in it. So don't make it be about, um, you made this mess, you clean it up. 
remember that we're trying to help your child get out of a mode of aggression. So be generous with helping and supporting them as you're trying to channel and direct this energy elsewhere. So what can you do proactively to help your child avoid aggression in the future? If your child is a kid who is prone to a digression when they are frustrated, this is really, really, really important advice that I'm going to send your way right now. You want to provide outlets for your child's aggressive energy that feel like play. So this is different than when your child is aggressive and angry and frustrated and you're handing them the paper to shred or you're handing them a pillow to punch. This is different. This is just like everyday kind of maintenance. You're going to provide your child with a bunch of different activities and suggestions for things to do that get out attacking and aggressive energy in a way that is fun. So things that I suggest would be ball sports, kicking, hitting, throwing, balls. Again, that's an appropriate thing to be hitting or kicking or throwing. You can try out martial arts classes. Martial arts are very aggressive, but there's a lot of control and discipline incorporated into martial arts. So if your child is prone towards aggression, doesn't mean, oh gosh, I'm not going to do martial arts because that's going to encourage my child to be aggressive. No, you're providing your child with a place where it's appropriate to have aggressive and attacking energy. And they learn to kind of control it because they learn this is where it's okay. This is where it's not okay. Other ideas, popping balloons. So blow a bunch of balloons and let your child pop them, jump on them, poke them with a, um, a pin, that popping sound that's very aggressive. If you have a trampoline, jumping on a trampoline or even like a small indoor trampoline can get out some aggressive energy. Popping bubble wrap or packing material. If you get boxes um, in the mail and it comes full of bubble pop or packing material before you recycle it, let your child jump all over it or even kind of store it in a bag someplace and bring it out when you think my child needs to get out some of this energy right now. Hammering either toy pegs like peg board boards where you hammer little pegs in or even a real hammer and nail into some wood. Take that outside, that hammering, that's a lot of aggression. Sometimes it's needed to kind of get that nail into the wood. That can release some great energy. Same thing, you can get a giant ice block, put that outside, let your kid hammer away at that. Again, that releases a lot of good aggression. You can run your child's aggression out, do some running challenges, run to the end of the block and back, run around here, then do 10 jumping jacks, basically obstacle courses or running challenges that releases a lot of energy. When you're thinking about aggression that may be towards you or maybe aggression that comes towards siblings, you can encourage aggressive play. It's very important, of course, to go over ground rules before you turn them loose and you want to stay very present to them or if you're the one that's participating in this. So things like play wrestling, pillow fighting, getting some pool noodles and letting kids kind of whack pool noodles at each other's pool noodle. Again, you want to go ahead and lay down some ground rules before you permit this kind of play. We don't hit each other. We just hit the other pool noodles. So those are some ideas of some things that you can do uh, kind of attacking towards another person. Paper ball fights, same thing pom-pom fights, get those little fuzzy pom-poms and throw them at each other. See if you can get more on one side of the room than the other side of the room. Again, lay out the ground rules first. We're going to play this really fun game. And then when it's time's up, we're going to all work together to clean it up. Otherwise we can't do it again. So lay down those ground rules first so that you don't have a lot of headaches afterwards. Other aggressive energy outlets that you can do kind of proactively, uh, aluminum cans that you're going to recycle. Keep them in a bag together. And then when your child needs to have some of this energy released, have them jump on them and crush them into little small cans. The crushing of the aluminum can, that's very aggressive. 
um, digging in the garden, you know, getting out there, a big shovel, if you need to plant something, or if there's an area of the garden you don't really care about, or you actually need it to like to till the soil, get a shovel and dig and dig a hole in the yard. If you have a yard, I don't have a yard, but, um, I wish I did. That'd be a great way for a child to go ahead and create some, um, to kind of channel some aggressive energy by working in the dirt with a shovel, building blocks, build the tallest tower you can and then knock it over. It's not about the building the tower. It's of course about the smashing the create the um, creation that feels very aggressive and that can kind of release some of this tension overall. If your child tends to be prone towards aggression, they really need a lot of exercise, a lot of movement to release that energy. So it comes out in a way that's appropriate as opposed to when they're angry and frustrated. And again, if your child is prone towards a lot of aggression, this should be part of daily activity. So think through those suggestions I gave, maybe get a few new materials in play and basically, oh, we're going to play a game right now. Don't call it aggressive play. (laughs) That's between you and me. Um, You're basically allowing your child to play in a way that's releasing attacking energy so that they're less likely to come out in their frustration. So those are my tips on my general overview of aggression, where it comes from and what you can do to kind of manage or get your child out of a cycle of aggression. I hope you found it helpful and something that you can take away to help you and your own families. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at The3DParent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on The3D Parent Podcast.